the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round one tim hudak is here former leader of ontario's conservatives he's now with the ontario real estate association laura babcock with the o show and power group communications and mark warner international trade lawyer i actually want to start with the toronto municipal race for a moment mitzi hunter mpp was on with us uh, earlier in this hour and said she will follow through this afternoon and resign uh, her job as an MPP to commit herself to running for mayor. Um, that's not without a considerable amount of jeopardy, Mark Warner, and I'll start with you because a lot of other people aren't going to lose their job if they don't win on the 26th, but she would be completely out of uh, public service if that happens. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's formally true. But on, on the other hand, I, I don't get the impression she really wanted to stay around there. Didn't she run for the leadership of the Liberals before or mooted it or something, doing it again? You know, you don't get a pension. I and mean, Tim knows more about this than I do in the Ontario Public Service. Mike Harris got rid of that years ago. So being a backbencher opposition MPP is actually not a really great job. Um, I think she has other other things she might want to do. I've always, I don't think she has any chance of being mayor. So it seemed to me... The running for mayor was just a, a nice way of uh, getting out of what is a terribly uh, bad job right now for her. So it's probably one of the few things she does that makes sense to me. Okay, Tim <laughs> Tim Hudak, do you think that she, Mitzi Hunter is getting off a slow-moving train? <laughs> well, look, I, I can answer those questions. There is no gold-plated pension you get after six years. That's at the federal level. It was eliminated provincially. I voted in favor of that. Make about 116 K a year is the uh, salary for a backbench MPP. Been frozen now for about a dozen years, uh, John. It's a shame. I, I, I knew Mitzi before she ran for politics. I enjoyed working with her in the legislature. She had some senior cabinet portfolios under uh, Premier Win, including uh, education. So I do believe she'll be a loss to the chamber. I, I didn't think it was going to be happen. Um, I, I voted for this legislation as well. You have to resign to run. I think that is a good thing. Provides clarity and transparency. But rolling the dice, I really think that this mayor's race, John, will look like an NCAA bracket. You'll have a candidate emerge on the left bracket, the right bracket, center left, and then in the and then the center. And I think that center competition, that regional and a bylaw will be emerging victorious as that center candidate and not to Mitzi. Maybe she's got another job, but good for her rolling the dice. All right. Some interesting perspective. Uh, Laura Babcock, I mean, who knows? Maybe Mitzi Hunter runs, loses, and then comes back and runs for the liberal leadership. Possibly. She's certainly getting her name said a lot this morning. Yes. <laughs> To Mark's point, if she's jumping into this race of 80, which I don't think she has a real shot in, uh, it could be just to build her platform. It's it's not something that's uh, unusual. She already works in a front-facing job with the public. She knows how this game works. Raising your profile in any way can help you land something better or position yourself for something else public. So uh, I, I think there's some strategy behind this, but it's probably not to be the mayor. Okay, and I mentioned there were two issues I wanted to touch on. Uh, yesterday there was some uh, sparring. I'm looking forward to this becoming messier. Uh, but Mark Saunders, former chief of police, uh, said he's not against bike lanes, but he plans to strip them out. Uh, and then Josh Matlow said that was stupid. Um, Tim Hudak, aside from the show business aspects of it, it's nice to see people actually debating issues. Yeah, good contrast on an on a issue that people in Toronto care about. Uh, very different points of view. I, I actually think Matlow is going to impress during this campaign. I do think that Olivia Chow's uh, best days are before the campaign really begins. And if that bike with the basket and the flowers on it comes out, right, I mean, that, that sinks it. I wouldn't be surprised if Matlow does a chance of eclipsing her. And, and I, I do like Saunders in terms of the biggest issue for me, really, 
A lot of my neighbors is crime, the sense of decay in the city. I can't put my daughters uh, on the subway safely. I worry about Deb and, and myself. So you combine that a little bit with another irritant, which is bike lanes, sure. But do we need to rip up our major thoroughfares and, and make the city even more congested? I think this is a, a winner for Saunders with a significant proportion of the vote. Yeah, Mark Warner, let me come back to you on this one. Um, I think it's a winner for Saunders amongst the cohort who hate bike lanes. But I th- people also forget that. This is uh, practically like San Francisco of the North. Well, it's a, it, I wouldn't say that at all. I think it's a very different city than San Francisco because Toronto has all these um, outer boroughs and whatever they have to it, and, and uh, they have a lot of votes in there. So, you know, people, we, the funny thing, we do this bait and switch all the time when we talk about municipal politics. We talk about the downtown as if it's the be all and end all. And of course, there are a lot of people. We should have learned this with Rob Ford and Doug Ford uh, that, you know, the downtown only has so many votes and, um, you know, people in downtown like bike lanes um, and people who have to get downtown from the segregated parts of the city who live outside of the downtown uh, don't like them because it makes it hard to travel by car. So um, I think uh, I don't know if this will be a winner for him because, you know, he's got a lot of other issues that seems to be going on there with his campaign. But, um, you know, try to get bike lanes off of the major arteries. is just common sense, it seems to me. Um, putting them on. Yeah. Yeah. OK, listen, I want to jump to a different topic. And Laura, I'll start with you on this one. This is one of those things that yeah, people are outraged. And then you think, really? I mean, is, is it worth that level of passion? Uh, outside of Kew Beach Junior Public School, there was a sign that said life does not come with a manual. It comes with a mom. And then one person starts blogging about this and complaining. What about families that don't have a mother? This could be triggering. What about children in foster care? And Laura Babcock, all of a sudden, it's a controversy. Listen, when I saw it, I thought, what a lovely sentiment. These kids are clever. They should sell that to Hallmark. It makes a great card. This is celebrating a day that's already specifically isolating the relationship of a mother in your life. So the day is already difficult for some people, just like Father's Day is difficult for people who didn't have a dad around, right? Or who no longer has that parent. Grandparents aren't always in the lives of kids either, and there's a grandparents' day. So these days are already celebrating these unique relationships that are, you know, you want to think universal. They're not, but they're there's certainly the majority of people have them so this is perfectly appropriate for that if the school was just throwing up a sign randomly in the middle of the year saying you know life the manual of life is a mom i can see some parents saying well yeah well my kid doesn't have one so that why put that up there but this is about mother's day the holiday celebrates moms as a mom i think it's lovely my kids had no issue with it either mark warner i don't deny that some things might be triggering for people but this just seems to be working really really hard to figure out how something could trigger people yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think that I, I agree with that. It, it does look like it's working too hard. I mean, I, I think it's all part of this, what I call the Heinz 57 approach to equality, you know, Heinz 57 sauce approach to equality in Canada, where everything gets tossed in together. And, um, and it just cheapens the whole discussion. So, um, you know, I'm glad that there's more of a pushback to this one. But um you know, frankly, I just tune this stuff out. Well, and, you know, just to come back to it, to it for a second, I mean, you as a person of color probably contend with all kinds of uh, issues day to day and week to week. And here's somebody's raising the question of whether or not a sign might trigger some kid whose mother passed away. Yeah, that's why I call it behind 57 approach, but it, it, it's an approach to equality. But I think it's a direct, it comes from that. It comes from this very incoherent conversation that we have around equality rights. I, 
you know, if, if, if this sort of notion, if, if everything is an equality issue, then I don't really think you ever get around to talking about real equality. So I, I, I think you try not to be offensive to people. This is a stretch. And if this is the worst thing happening to someone and, and, and they get up in the morning, then they should get themselves very lucky. A man checked himself into a mental health facility because he was suffering a psychotic and depressive incident. Then he found out that his driver's license had been taken away. Tim Hudak, I can appreciate that the debate would be very different if somebody suffering from psychological issues, you know, drove on a sidewalk and ended up taking some people out. So I can kind of appreciate both sides of this issue. No, no doubt about it. And I think the most important thing is how do you resolve these in, in a prompt way? I think there's an, there's an automatic check here that happens in these circumstances. Remember, as an MPP, uh, or if you're an aging individual or suffer some kind of ailment where you're not safe behind the wheel, it's kind of an automatic loss of the license. The frustration, John, that we faced, and I would work hard at this as well as my assistants in the, in the uh, riding office, uh, is to get them restored when the condition had been eliminated. And that was like, hell, I don't know if it's improved by now, but if you're going to have this to protect the public safety, great, but you also have to have a prompt remedy that gets them their license back when they're prepared to do so. And the pro- the crying shame was it could take months to get that license back, fix the system. Yeah, Laura Babcock, this guy makes his living as a landscaper. He must drive as part of his job. And then there's the added complication that you must have a personal family doctor in order to get your license back. And like a million other Ontarians he doesn't have one I hate this story so much and I I hate even talking about it I know we need to uh, but the chill that it sends to people people who might have been considering taking that important courageous leap uh, and going and getting mental health support and intervention I mean what is this saying to them that you're going to go in and then uh, you don't know what your life's going to look like when you come out because there's been some sort of a government measure that you were completely unaware of and unwarned about that's going to take effect and, and you know mess up your life I think it's terrible can't there be a situation where the doctor has a conversation with the patient they map out a strategy while the patient's getting that that psychological care to say you know you'll be impacted by this but there's a way to phase it in or phase it out depending on other supports we can get for you I mean it just seems to me like this is a ham uh, you know ham-handed approach that's only going to disincentivize people who need the help in this province we have a mental health care crisis let's not make it worse with these kind of random seemingly punitive measures uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it's interesting that this was, apparently this law was strengthened by the Ford administration. It seems to be a little bit off-brand to me, which made me reflect on the fact of when I was in government, I remember having a conversation with uh, someone at the Ministry of Transportation who had come up with the policy of, you know, the graduated license idea. And I had come back to Canada and my license, had, my American license had expired. And I thought it was crazy when I was told I had to go through start start at square one. And I started I happened to meet the guy who was behind the policy, thinking that for sure he would understand along with me how insane that was. And he didn't. <laughs> so there are some wing nuts who work in the Ministry of Transportation who are <laughs> true believers and would like to take away everybody's license. So um I'm not surprised by this. I think Doug Ford, uh, one thing you should do is try to get control of that Ministry of Transportation. Okay. And when you say you had to go back to square one, do you mean you had to go like take a practical exam? Oh, yeah, I didn't bother. I mean, that was socialism and it's extreme. That's why I don't drive. That's why I Uber and taxi everywhere. Because I, I just said, that's that's communism, really. You know, I'm going to go back and have an adult sitting next to me. Come on, grow up. <laughs> Mark Warner, ne- never failed to surprise. Thank you so much. Mark Warner, Tim Hudak, and Laura Babcock on round one. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.